you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at oceamalibu.com code SUMMER. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, Wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gem, dropping gem. Welcome to the Dropping Gems podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Debbie Brown. Today, we are talking about yoga. I'm very excited to dive into this conversation because I have just recently reignited my connection to yoga. I fell off for quite a while and I've really been finding so much deep joy uh, in really surrendering to that practice and using it as an opportunity to get to know myself and to get to know my body better. Uh, (laughs) I was thinking, speaking of joy, I was thinking this morning about my self-care routine and my daily practice. And it's really been evolving quite a bit. It's kind of juicier than ever. And this morning, I've been really surrendering into a nice two-hour meditation every day. I break it up. I try to do two hours, um, one hour at some point early in the day. And then I do about an hour before I go to bed. And that has been feeling incredible. I'm not always that deep in flow. Um, sometimes I just like to sit with maybe a once a day, 20 minute, twice a day, 20 minute, but it's felt really good listening to my spirit and honoring its needs. And right now it's needs day 
two hours of meditation a day. <laughs> so I've really been enjoying that. And I've really been working to just identify more moments of joy in my day, especially as it relates to how I connect with my body. And so funny enough, the way I've been enjoying connecting with my body this week has been making and eating tacos. <laughs> I know that sounds wild, but hear me out. Really, it's so much simpler to find joy than we probably give ourselves credit for. And it's really about the intention. And so I, I'm someone that really loves tacos. It's kind of my jam. All different kinds, breakfast tacos, lunch tacos, dinner tacos, dessert tacos. They are my thing. And I really like building them. <laughs> This sounds so wild, uh, but it's been, um, you know, it was really, it was really interesting this week because I was kind of getting a little craving. And so I went and got, you know, some ingredients at the store, all the things. And every morning I was just called to make myself a breakfast taco, but I, I turned it into something that I really enjoyed. I was thinking to myself, what is it that makes this so enjoyable for me? And I think it was really settling into waking up and doing something that I know would make me smile, something that tastes good to me in the way that I like to do it, taking my time with it, uh, and then also connecting to the nostalgia, right? Like for me, tacos represent living in the dorms and uh, having big parties back in the day and having Taco Tuesdays and, you know, it was just something fun. And so I was kind of gifting myself that little trip down memory lane each morning as I did that and, you know, working with your hands, even if it's just for 10 minutes cooking something, it just is such a beautiful connection. You can kind of get lost in it. So I say all that to say, you know, everything can be self-care. You know, it sounds funny, tacos is self-care, but really think about it. What are the things that matter to you and connect to you and how can you do it in a way that also makes it a ritual or makes it something that does give you access to that smile or something that you can just kind of get lost in and savor a little bit. So have fun doing that with your food. Do it with tea. Do it with coffee. There's always moments to be found for us um, in anything that we're able to kind of escape into a little bit. So that's my taco story. Uh, today on the show, we are going to be talking really about the gifts and the power of yoga and ways to feel connected to your body and get really deep into your body. And it's, you know, it's interesting, the conversation about yoga, we've probably seen yoga more at the mainstream and the front running or kind of forward facing practice for quite a while. Um, at least depending on, you know, where you are in the world. I grew up in Los Angeles, so it's always been really prevalent out here, even more so than meditation, which has been on kind of the upward climb in the mainstream for the last decade or so. Uh, but with yoga, it's always something that has felt a little distant for certain communities. You know, a lot of the front-facing campaigns for yoga, a lot of the companies Yoga has also been deeply connected to whiteness. And so typically the images we'd see for the majority of yoga representation in the mainstream in the last, you know, 50 years or so, it's really been around whiteness. And a lot of that was like kind of in the hippie communities and then also some of the really big box brands in the yoga world and the athleisure wear, you know, all of the campaigns really just 
featured white women doing yoga. And it's been so beautiful seeing all of the other communities that are coming out and not only connecting with this work, but have been doing this work for a really long time. But bringing that into the forefront and really having the opportunity to invite in more cultures and more communities into this powerful work and to create a sense of safety and support um, and community. So that piece of it has been really interesting to explore because when you look at the fibers of some of the ways that our most influential figures in time have been able to show up for themselves privately. I think we're starting now to unwrap and understand how many people that took up powerful place in the world were behind the scenes, really tending to their spirits, really tending to their bodies, really taking care of themselves. So picture that kind of surfaced in the last couple of years that has been really inspiring for me to see is Rosa Park doing yoga sutras, you know, yoga postures and different uh, spiritual, spiritually led physical activity. There were pictures of her in all of the, all these different poses. And, you know, for me, it was just so inspiring, but also made it all make sense. You know, a lot of our ancestors, a lot of the wisdom keepers, a lot of the warriors, they knew of this work. You know, they knew of the power of showing up, nurturing, nourishing, being tender with their spirits. But because of the times, we weren't always allowed to see that side of things. And so I think in a lot of ways, some of the conversations have been so one-sided, especially in this moment in time around activism being something that is only about output and not personal investment. And so, you know, when we see a lot of the activism and a lot of the amazing leaders taking up space right now, it seems so exhaustive. But I think the piece that we didn't know is that so many of them knew how to care for themselves and they knew how to connect with God and how big of a piece of the puzzle that is, how necessary and really non-negotiable that piece of the puzzle is being able to connect with your soul, with your spirit, with your body as you show up powerfully in the world. Over the past couple of years, yoga studios, they've been popping up around the country. Right now, the stats on that are that 36.7 million people nationally are practicing yoga. And this stat is actually old. It's from 2012. So nine years ago. I mean, even now, I dare to say that's probably tripled. The wellness industry is evaluated as, I believe it's like a $3 trillion industry. So I'm sure that that's tripled. But within that study, it was identified that more than 85% of those who do practice identify as white. 85% of the yoga community. Yoga has a really complicated history (laughs) with race and appropriation. Obviously, its origins are in India. You know, and so a lot of the reason we even have yoga in this country is because of incredible gurus that passed the work down and allowed it to come to the West. But we don't always see a reverence for that culture and we don't always see there being credit attributed to the ancient practice, to the lineage and where it came from. There was a 1975 Ebony article and this piece was inspiring really to tie in with the Rosa Parks piece we were just speaking about. 
1975 Ebony article. There was also an article from 1965, also in Ebony, shout out to Ebony, that was highlighting this as a practice, yoga, something for everyone, um, that was describing an increasing number of African-American people that were turning to yoga as a meditative practice to specifically retain lucidity and heal from the injustices that ailed them. So it's, a, you know, when I, when I read stats like this and when I find out all of the pioneering work that people were doing for so long before us, it fills me with gratitude. And it also reminds me to like always be in humility for this work. People have been practicing and doing and showing up powerfully for their spirits for a long time. And we don't give the generations that came before us enough credit for that. You know, they were fighting against a collective consciousness that was so stagnant and so steeped in trauma. But there were really active people raising their families in this way, showing up powerfully in this way. So it's just it's just a beautiful reminder to continue to know our history, to continue to be humble in the privilege that it is to show up for ourselves in this lifetime um, and in this moment in time. So those are my thoughts. I know that kind of went um, a little bit everywhere. We went from tacos to Rosa Parks um, to yoga. <laughs> But somehow it's all deeply connected. So let's talk about today's show. I am excited to have an incredible pioneer in this space, a woman who has been powerfully, powerfully standing in her power and in her truth within the yoga community for many, many, many years. Today's guest is Koya Webb. Koya Webb is a yoga teacher, a holistic health coach, author, speaker, and vegan activist whose core mission is to promote daily self-care, oneness, and eco-friendly living to combat some of the world's biggest challenges, including mental health, social injustices, and global warming. Koya is the founder of Get Loved Up, an international lifestyle community and yoga school that inspires mental, spiritual, and physical health through an app, online courses, retreats, in-person yoga teacher training events, and the Get Loved Up podcast. Koya, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I have been watching you from afar for a very long time. <laughs> and I just have to say, you know, I remember the first time I became familiar with you is through seeing a photo of you on social media years back. And it just took my breath away. Like I remember, and this is right before, you know, kind of the the beautiful robust life wellness is having in this moment you know it was like right before that kicked off and so I had never seen like an image so gorgeous with a woman of color in this beautiful spiritual sacred position and I just remember seeing that and being like wow wow who is that what is she made of Oh, thank you. That that means the world to me. And I when I started, I was a tight athlete. I never thought I would be in some of these poses. I never saw anyone that looked like me in these poses. So to inspire other women of color was one of my main goals and choosing to be a certified yoga teacher and also choosing to certify others. So thank you so much. That just made my heart smile because that is definitely one of my goals. Yeah. And God, you've been doing it so well for so long. And I and I really want to especially speak to that part because, you know, I think a piece that I really appreciate when I see you is 
you were doing this work, you were answering your call, the calling on your life, before this even became a, a career path anyone even knew about, before it was even, most people even thought it was possible and so many people before they had probably even heard of yoga. What did that, what did that feel like? Or what did you, how did you allow yourself to show up so fully in a pioneering way when there was no blueprint? Mm, that's such a good question. Because for me, it was healing. I was just healing myself. And, you know, eventually after healing myself, I'm still in the healing process, but after healing myself for some years, I created my brand, Get Loved Up, because I realized that with the massive amount that I love to pour out into the world, I yeah. have to take care and nurture myself. So that's why, you know, I created the company, Get Loved Up, because I needed to get loved up. I need to make sure I was practicing self-care. I was doing my breath work, meditation, my yoga, so I could live my purpose and be able to pour um, the way I wanted to, but it yeah. definitely didn't come like, oh, I want to build this wellness business. Right. You know, it wasn't <laughs> a thing. So me posting online was just me holding myself accountable to my practice. So I wasn't even doing it for a company. Yeah. You know, that was before all of that started. So this was just me like, okay, there was this, this challenge called the grow soul, beautiful challenge. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do that challenge. And I'm going to post every day because I'm, I'm going to make myself practice before I post. Mm -hmm. And so that was the thing is like, uh, -uh you can't post that post until you practice. And so it was really something that held me accountable wow. to my yoga practice. I love that. And I hope for anyone listening this is giving a beautiful permission to document yourself in your process. You know, not to wait until you think you're fully arrived or together, but to really just savor the journey as it goes and document it and see yourself at all the stages. Absolutely. And the reason that's so important is so interesting because people frown upon it in the yoga community now because different people really? use poses in different ways and different things or nothing for different reasons. And so that reason it, it, you know, holding myself accountable. And I do encourage people like you to like, you know, post your practice, do a time lapse just to hold yourself accountable. But because unfortunately some people have used it for different reasons, like it's not as, as sacred and it doesn't, it translate necessarily in the same way for a lot of people in the yoga community. Um, but a lot of people um, are still using it in that way. Like this is my accountability pose. And, you know, now it's a whole business. So it's a little bit yeah. different. You know how yeah, things yeah. that first they're like innocent and then they become yeah. a business and it's a little <laughs> bit different. So I, I feel like it's still a great thing to do, but I also understand um, you know, within the industry and have to speak to within the industry that it is a business now and we have to, to make those different, those decisions very mindfully. Yeah. I know in reading part of your story, I know you were on track to be an Olympic athlete and you were really performing at such a high elite level in track. And from what I read, you used yoga as part of your healing journey um, after an injury. Talk to me specifically though about when the connection to your sacred knowingness happened. What did that feel like starting yoga, potentially being one of the only people in the room that looked like you coming out of this devastating injury? How did you use this to find that deepest authenticity of your soul? Oh, 
I remember down to the moment. Mm. I remember down to the breath because I was in I was in the middle of like a mild depression because you know I had everything going for me. I had full scholarship, more than I could ever ask for, and just in one day it was gone. And I know we can all relate to that now when your world is just turned upside down in one day and you know, I didn't know what to do. I was just like, all right, what am I going to do with my life? Like I put all my eggs in this basket and I, I just don't know. And so when I went to the counselor, which I was sent there because I was just crying in, in class, I was having these crying spells and um, the counselor suggested yoga. And now I'm a Southern girl, you know? So I was just like, you know, is that another religion? And I, I just wasn't sure. And she was like, no, it's just stretching. We know it's more than that now. But then I was like, okay, I, I'll try. And so I went into this class and I'm seeing people in these positions. I can't touch my toes because <laughs> I'm a tight athlete. I can do a back bend because I had to high jump, but I can't touch my toes. I'm like, I don't belong here. This is not me. And I was just like, you know, just, I felt like I didn't fit in. I felt like, what am I doing? And then I'm sad. I'm just mm. like, super, I'm really, really sad. And so the teacher saw my frustration and she, she came up to me and she said, I want you to just breathe with me. And so we took an inhale and exhale together. And I felt chills running down my body. And that sensation, I'm a feeler, I'm, I'm a very empathetic person. Mm. So that feeling for me was spirit. And I remember feeling that um, in my youth, because my parents always said, you'll know when to get baptized, you'll know, you know, I was like, but how am I gonna know? Like, is the preacher gonna say, so like, how am I gonna know? I was always excited. They're like, you'll know. And so I got that, that same chill. And then I ended up, you know, um, choosing to live my life in a certain way, you know, best, best possible way, right? <laughs> um, and so when I felt that energy, I knew that that was divine guidance. And that has always been my God. My sacred knowing is the breath. I feel like breath is spirit and it is our free tool to manage our stress, manage our emotions, manage our trauma. And everyone who's in this life, we have it to use. From the time we get here, we have it. And when we leave, we don't need it anymore. So the breath was definitely my, my journey inward. Oh my God. I love that. Even, even, even talking about the breath, I get emotional. Like all of a sudden my heart started swelling right now. And like, my eyes are a little misty because that feeling, oh my God, that feeling when it hits for you and you know, I am equipped with all the tools I need for this life. And mm -hmm. it just dawns on you that you're safe, that you can trust, that you can allow yourself to not be hypervigilant with your body, which I think mm -hmm. especially for women um, and as deeply especially for all women of color, that's the missing piece. That's mm -hmm. the missing piece, being able to even trust feeling your own body, being in your own body and that breath, like connecting to breath work is one of the most powerful spiritual teachers imaginable. And just being able to sit with your breath, to sense it, to practice feeling it as it's going like to the different areas of your body, the transcendence, oh God, like right now I'm even like, ooh, I wanna start breathing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should do a breath work piece right now. <laughs> Cause it feels so delicious, yes. so uh, nourishing. Um, yeah, but it we also, should do it. Yeah, should please, we do it right yeah. now? Okay, so everyone close your eyes. 
Take a deep inhale through your nose. And exhale, sigh the breath out through your mouth. Inhale through your nose, bring your shoulders to your ears. And exhale, sigh it out. Last time, inhale, hold the breath. And as slowly as you can, sigh it out. Feel that energy, feel that vibration. That's spirit. <sighs> Days like this, moments like this, I'm always like, oh, duality. So I have to go back to the world. I can't just like be a recluse and focus on the breath all day. <laughs> that part, that part. <laughs> you know, a piece that, that you spoke to as you were sharing your journey was really around the first time you had been connected to yoga and the thought that came up was like, is this okay to do? You know, I think that that's a piece I would love to speak to because that's, that's a piece that I think really affects so many people in so many family systems. And especially as it relates to families of color and what is in our households and, and these kind of judgments that spring up around what we're allowed to do for our mm. own spiritual welfare. And that's such an interesting point. Um, I've shared on the show before, like I'm not, I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up though with a connection. I wouldn't even say a connection, a knowingness about multiple belief systems and an interest. I always felt really called to Christ. Um, even when I didn't, I didn't know um, anything about Christianity, but the man Christ being, you know, this being of living a life with this Christ consciousness. I, I was like, I need some of that. Like this whole idea, do unto others as you would have done unto you this, you know, like all of the ways in which he lived his life. I was like, oh, I want me some of that. Like, that's how I feel called to live, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Christianity, especially as it relates to the structure of the black family, generationally and historically, it's been both a tool of immense freedom, but I found also a tool of major restriction and stuckness for a lot of people and the guilt associated with doing anything that is not found in that belief system, I think really keeps people from being able to know God as deeply as they could. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that is something that is, woo, we can literally talk for four to eight hours on this subject <laughs> easily. Um, and I think for me, I can only speak for myself because I respect all religions. I, ex I respect everyone's journey to spirit. I feel like I like to speak um, to spirit in a way, and I do use spirit and God interchangeably in a way that it's, it encompasses all. But I did grow up within religion, within Christianity as well, or not as well, I grew up within Christianity. Um, and I learned a lot of good things that helped me be a, be a, a 
the person I am today at my core and, you know, the 10 commandments and, and treating others like I want to be treated and Psalms and probably, and all these things. And so I am so grateful and will forever be grateful for that. Um, and depending on, you know, I'm from the South, so <laughs> Southern Baptist Christian. And so depending on in all religions, how that religion is being implemented and the things and how it's been translated in so yeah. many different texts. And my question is, how can something be so massively distributed and translated and not and, and be perfect when we know that none of us are perfect? Yeah. Right. So that is yeah, the question. So and so with that, I feel that me personally, I was taught a lot of amazing things, as you said, and I was also taught a lot, a lot of fear-based thinking as you, as you were adding it, a lot of, a lot of fear-based thinking, a lot of guilt, a lot of shaming. And I feel like more of the energy was on that vibration versus the, you know, treat others how you should be treated, mm -hmm. um, listen to spirit. And what I learned and what helped me on my journey to grow in the way I have is that I was through this injury, I was guided to spirit in a very profound and practical way. And I developed mm. a daily practice. And so what I would like to share to everyone listening, no matter what religion you believe in, or whether you believe in any religion or not, or spirituality or whatever you want to call it, I do think it's important to have a daily practice or ritual and connection to spirit, or whatever it is that you believe in that is healthy for you and others in the world. Mm. And so, but, but I can only speak from my own experience. It has blessed my life. And I've seen the lives of people that is blessed when they're able to separate from specifically like judgment and guilt and shame yeah. and focus more on the spiritual connection. Yeah, so beautifully said. What, what do you think your practice in yoga, in what ways did that closen your relationship with creator, with source? Oh, that's such a good question. And it's, it's, it's devotional. It's the daily mm. devotion. It's the daily practice. It's the daily sadhana. It's like, I feel when you connect with spirit and you are divinely aligned, when you're divinely aligned, you can live your true purpose. There are many distractions, right? There are many things out there that can, you know, you see other people, you might compare to other people, you might judge yourself based on other people. And then you start getting into this like fear modality. And I'm also a student of the Course of Miracles. And mm. so the reason I like the Course of Miracles, because it really broke, broke down for me fear and love and like those emotions of, um, that get, you know, and I do believe also fear is just a sign that I'm moving away from love. So mm. in that sense, fear is also love and love is all there is. I know that's like a deep yes. loop, but that is what I believe. <laughs> um, and so when I get this sign that, oh, you're in fear, you're in judgment, you're moving away, the breath, my spiritual practice brings me back. So I actually value all of those emotions, my sadness, my anger, my grief, my all of that. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you for letting me know that I'm I'm tracking this way and my daily spiritual practice brings me back. So yoga gave me a daily connection through the breath to my spiritual truth. And that's how I've been living since I found it. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. I hope everyone listening, this is just um, something that really enlivens you to deep, 
to dig really deep into your spiritual practice and maybe practice evolving it, you know? What can you add on? What can you take off? How, how can you feel more nourished by the time that you spend with God? You know, how can you feel more nourished for yourself by the time you spend on yourself and your body? Hold that thought. We are coming right back. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So as a, as a master in yoga, I'm someone that's just started reconnecting to the practice. Um, I've been meditating for a really, really long time. Pilates you know, interestingly enough, very, very different from yoga, but it's very connected to breath and it's really connected to noticing like the small pieces of your body, if that makes sense. Like, you know, like if you do Pilates, you're sore in places you didn't even know existed or that like you could be (laughs) sore. So for me, that was such a beautiful way to get to know my body because I was doing all that observing and that noticing and, and what is that feeling? What is the response my body is having to this? Um, but I'm, I'm now really coming into exploring and adding like a very vibrant yoga routine as part of my spiritual practice. So I need tips. No, (laughs) I need help. No, but you know, what, specifically like what do you think some of the challenges in this space of yoga are and is there any way to get around them you know like sometimes I think when you look at yoga some of the postures are like very intense and intimidating some of them 
And then you think it might take me five years to be able to do this. So if you could offer any insight on how to have a gentleness of self and, and kind of an approach of lightness to beginning a practice like this. Absolutely. First of all, do not focus on the poses. And okay. I know that's hard. I know it's hard. How, I walk like, what do you mean class. by that? How do I not? <laughs> I know, I know. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it back to my first, my first teacher. And I'm trying to do. I, I remember trying to do a headstand, and I felt like, I feel like my brain is gonna ooze out of the top of my head. It's <laughs> not for me. I'm, I'm tender headed. I can't, I can't do this. Like it's not, you know. And I'm like, ow. When I, when I try to get into that lotus pose, it hurts my ankles. This is painful. This is not blissful. I'm not feeling what you all are feeling. I'm, I'm. So, and the teacher told me, just breathe. Because at the end of the day, it is about what we spoke about earlier. It is just about connecting with the breath. The reason, and I, just to give people some background on my my journey in, in wellness, I actually was a personal trainer first. I was a personal trainer. I love helping people get healthy, live a healthy and active lifestyle. And then um, one of my clients said, I love to talk to you. I don't even want to train. And I realized I had a passion for hearing people's story and helping them find their own solutions. I became a life coach. And then I became a yoga instructor when I realized, and the reason I love yoga, I also, um, practice Pilates as well. But the reason that I chose yoga to get certified and now offer people to become certified in yoga through my yoga teacher training school is because I feel like it encompasses all because I take, I do yoga hit if I want to, you know, intense workout, I do um, yin yoga when I just want to slow down and breathe into my muscles and and loosen the tension in my mind and my body. Um, and there's so much room. But again, it's not about the poses. It is about the practice. And when you focus on the practice, the next thing you know, you're like, oh, my leg just went behind my head. <laughs> no, just joking. <laughs> but it, it does happen over time. I, again, I don't want to. I don't want to like champion the fact that of getting poses is the thing. But the beauty when you do it, focusing on the breath, right? And you do it focusing on on the journey. The reason people are in these poses is because they loosen the the tenseness and the stagnation in their muscles and in their body. What happens is that you increase blood flow, you increase flexibility, and it takes a long time to get there. Mm. Anything that is worth something in life, it, it takes effort. Any beautiful thing that's created, in, including birth, including a child, it takes a process. And so if you commit to this process, this practice, not only will you have this peace of mind, this divine connection to spirit, but your muscles loosen up. Because I think you were talking about in another part, um, podcast, the issues in your tissues, it causes tightness. It causes yeah. inflammation. When you do these yoga poses, it loosens up and guess what? Then you can get in some of these twists and you can get in some of these turns, but it's not just about the twist and turn. It's the fact that when you twist and turn, you're improving your digestion. Mm. You are creating more fluidity in your body and you're moving out some of the inflammation caused by toxic emotion, pain, physical um, physical injury, emotional injury, mental injury, and that's what's happening. So again, that's why I say don't focus on the poses because the the poses are a result of your continued practice and dedication. 
Wow, wow, wow. That was such a powerful explanation. That helped me a lot. So I know people <laughs> listening. <laughs> I hope y'all start this yoga journey with me too. You know, speaking about the issues being in the tissues, are there specific spaces in our body where we are really kind of storing grief or storing emotions? And as part of, you know, using yoga specifically for the spiritual healing, um, and really for the ancestral healing, like being able to take up full space in your own body, how, mm-hmm. how do we begin to notice that in our practice and how do we free that? That's a really good question. And not being a scientist in the area, I will say energetically, I follow Louise Hay and her teachings. Um, you can heal your life. And it talks about different emotions and where they are stored. And I de- definitely highly suggest that book if someone is interested in knowing, like, I'm feeling this, you know, yeah. what? Why, why am I feeling this pain in my hip? And, and it will show you, oh, that that's regarding remorse for something, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's actually what I use as almost a reference book to understand um, if I got an ache in my back or if I'm getting this unexplained, you know, toothache, what is it? You know, it could be um, connected emotionally. So I would say that, but I will also say when you think about you know, different issues is almost like weight. You know, some people store the weight in their stomach, some people in the backside, some people in the legs. So it's actually, we can actually store different emotions in different places in our body. I believe that. And I also believe there is a correlation energetically. Um, I more so work with the, the chakra system and our spiritual energy centers. And, you know, like you said at the beginning, like we want to feel safe as, as black women, as women of color, we want to feel safe. So it's important for us to ground down, to know who we are, to connect spiritually. So we feel, we feel safe, um, to have a support system around us. And then, you know, we go to the sacral, the second chakra, it's important for us to express, to be able to speak, to be able to dance, be able to move. And so I kind of work with that energy system and I focus on, on healing and alignment and increasing that energy. And then when it comes to releasing trauma, I focus on breath work to those specific areas, wherever you're feeling it. Um, and then only if I'm life coaching with someone, will I go deeper into really unpacking, okay, what is this issue bringing up? But in general, that's kind of how I move through. Like I teach big groups. So I'm more so focused on, because that can really clear out a lot of the energy in all those little places, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That, I mean, for me, one of the most powerful tools, I mean, we've been speaking to this the whole show, but really in the breath and then really allowing that embodiment to take place in our bodies. Cause I think so many of us on this healing journey, it's really easy to get stuck in the heady space to get stuck in like Mm -hmm. the, the cerebral understanding of where the trauma is, you know, and a lot of people just stop there and say like, Oh yeah, I'm this way. Cause this happened to me. And when I was a kid and then this, and so, yeah, I'm clear. I, I know why I am the way that I am, you know, and it's like, all right, cool. The cognitive side, like you have language for what you have experienced, like you have introspection, but it has to get brought down. And like through yoga practice, through breath work, it really gives your body the opportunity to get in on that healing so that the wholeness occurs. Like you're sending that breath and that energy to your cells And from an energetic standpoint, it's like it's loosening and freeing the toxins and the trauma and the trauma gets in all the fibers and all the spaces. Um, Sometimes people can find even that have had chronic pain in one area their whole lives. The second they heal the memory connected to it, even if 
the trauma had nothing to do with the injury. But the second you begin to clear energetically, emotionally free yourself, you'll notice pain running from your body, like leaving it freely and quickly getting out of there. Absolutely. And so the way it works with the, the chakra system is like, let's say we, we focus on the throat chakra. For me, if I don't speak my truth, if I'm, if I'm supposed to say something and I, if I don't speak my truth, I will go hoarse. Yes. Like I won't even be able to talk. <laughs> And like, you know, people are like, what's wrong with you? And then once I express myself, because usually if I don't express myself, it's out of fear of expressing myself. I'm going to, you know, someone's going to be upset or it's going to cause some type of conflict, you know, and this is like probably like, I don't know, 10 years ago when I was working on self-expression. And then once I realized like, no, you just have to tell your truth, share your truth, no matter what. But I would notice how I would just cinch up in that way. And then once I released it, so it is energetic and a lot of pain in our body that we are, we feel like we don't know, even gaining weight. You know, some people say, oh, they're sad. So they gain a lot of weight. Well, what is that about? That's about protection. That's about security. So if you're in an abusive relationship, it's not just like I'm hungry, so I'm eating a lot. That is your body's way of of protecting. And if your body is, is protecting in this way and it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to, you know, um, go lose weight. I just need to lose weight, not addressing the problem or the emotional, you know, thing that that is triggered to make you gain in the first place. Even when you lose that weight, you still might find and do something else like, oh, now I'm drinking. Why? Because you didn't provide a solution for the problem. You just found, you just found out how to lose weight. Yeah. But still, that root cause, that, that root pain is still there. And that's why, again, I love yoga because I can tell someone, okay, for mental clarity, do a fourfold, get blood flow to your head. And that's going to increase the energy, the blood flow to your head. But if I give you a practice, that's not only going to give you mental clarity, but you're also going to be um, dealing with, you know, grief that can sometimes be in the hips, but it can also be around the heart. So hip openers and heart openers, specifically, just to go back to your question around grief, you know, but some people might be carrying it in their shoulders. So when you develop a practice, you're actually hitting many different areas every single day. It's literally like taking a shower, but it's a spiritual shower. It's like you're saying, I'm going to spiritually breathe into every part of my body from head to toe so I can spiritually cleanse myself and get my energy on point. And we want, if we're trying to do all this work in the world, we want to make sure that we're spiritually clean so that we can help others. But if we got all this baggage from other people, it doesn't matter if we're helping them or not, it's still within us. And we, we don't take that shower. Then what happens if someone's in the mud and you reach out your hand to help them? Tell me your hand is not going to be muddy if they're full of mud. <laughs> you want to pretend like because you're a strong person that you don't got mud on you. So you just kind of wipe it off. And because no one can see it, you you feel like it's gone. It's like I should stick in their head and it's like, no, no, it's still there. It's on you. You have to take your spiritual shower. And that's why practice is so important. Oh, come on. <laughs> you better teach. <laughs> <laughs> so perfectly said. Yes, 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 yes. I don't I don't know if you notice this for yourself, but it sounds like you do. Um, it is like turning everything into that ritualized experience. Like you said, spiritual shower. And I think about the fact that I, every shower I take, I use as an opportunity to practice my spirituality, to, to, to stand in my mastery. And 
clear energy and, and even down to like, if I'm taking a shower, I'm visualizing that as the water flows down my body, so is any negative or stagnant energy. So is any grief. So is any, anything that's been trapped and visualizing it going down the drain. So it's like making everything that opportunity that you just so beautifully expressed to heal us, to heal our bodies, to free us. Like mm. there is always a deeper place to go. There is always more that can be released. And it's like when we turn that daily practice to show up for us, like having that robust daily practice that can include the yoga, the meditation, maybe the journaling, the prayer, but then also every single moment of the day is an opportunity to deepen, to become more, to release in every single thing we do. Absolutely. Everything is sacred. If we, if we create yeah. the sacred space, this conversation is sacred. My meal, my breakfast was sacred, my everything. And, and we have the opportunity. People are like, oh, that's, that's a bit much. Absolutely. But also we go around um, just frustrated about so many things all yeah. day long. So we can choose sacred time just as much as we choose those other times with no judgment on either. But it's like, if we can see, if we can normalize being angry all the time, then we can normalize being sacred all the time, or we can just find a healthy balance, <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. Everything is sacred. At the top of the show, I, uh, right before I welcomed you on, I actually told a story about how this morning I made breakfast tacos sacred for me. And it was a really delicious, nourishing, fulfilling experience. <laughs> we were breakfast twins. I had a breakfast burrito. It was so Did good. you? <laughs> when I tell you it brought me so much joy this morning making my little taco. And I was like, oh, and I like, even before I took the bite, I was like, I am so grateful for this moment. <laughs> I feel you. I have potatoes and I don't eat potatoes all the time. And I had these yummy rare potatoes. And I was like, man, I haven't felt this full in a long time. I would appreciate these potatoes. Yeah. And I'm just literally <laughs> thanking the potatoes because I'm like, well, I've been missing out on potatoes. I mean, I eat French fries, but not like, you know, the actual like yes. potatoes with the skin. Yes. See, and so everyone, this is what we mean. You know, when we talk about how really effortless the healing can be, and how mm -hmm. joyful the healing can be. It is not the grand stuff. It is not, you know, the shopping spree that made you feel better for that instant. It is not the, you know, it doesn't have to be these big ground, grand gestures and these comparative accomplishments. It's really like, you know, you are healed. You know, you have remembrance of your wholeness when there is joy in the potato when there is joy in the taco, when there is gratitude in all of the moments that we thought we had to speed through because they were just things for like our maintenance or to just keep going, you know, and when we can sink and anchor into those moments, oh my God, nothing is and off limits. Also, you know, there's joy in the pain. I mean, because yesterday I cried so many tears. Mm. Um, I, was, I was with my therapist because I, I'm really really championing therapy, especially for black women and women of color right now. And she was like, I don't know how you got all <laughs> through all the things you've been through. I think, I think it's just sense of humor because at one minute I, I'm letting it out. And there's, there's something sacred about being able to cry. I remember I went for two years without crying because I felt like wow. I had to be strong and I had to get wow. through it and I had to, you know, be, be the stronger than strong superwoman. 
And, and I had to learn to allow myself to cry. And now I say tears are pain leaving the body. Mm. Um, and even having breakfast, I cried yesterday and having breakfast, I had a friend that cried and I was like, girl, yeah. She was like, I'm sorry. I was like, don't ever apologize for your tears. Cry, let it out. And I just held space. And, and there's yeah. something sacred about being it because we don't want to keep those emotions in. Right. You want to cry in your yoga practice, cry at breakfast, cry with your therapist, then laugh. I mean, I just, you know, and it's, it's all it's all part of yeah. the healing process it's all part of being human and i feel like sometimes we we kind of when we do and it's good to champion those good times but i want to start championing the pain yes. oh you said some anger you had some rage yeah how did it feel to let that out yes you know? Where did it come from? What what triggered that? And then we really dive down those. It's like, good, good. Like, yeah, let's talk about that. Instead of shaming um, people for that, that, that the tears and the pain and the anger and the rage. Yeah. Like I tell people, how did that feel? Now, and then go down to like, okay, where is it coming from? It's just like we were talking about before about like, you know, really understanding the root cause mm -hmm. and not just trying to stuff the symptoms because the symptoms, Fear is our best friend. Sadness, anger, those oh are our God. friends. Our friends. And we have to tell them, thank you. Yes. What are you trying to tell me? We have to talk to that fear, talk to that sadness, talk to those tears and say, what are you showing me? Where am I hurting? Mm. And so I also want to champion the pain. Mm. Thank you for speaking to that. You know, for me, shadow work has been the greatest teacher. And the way that I do wellness is in the shadows. You know, I, and it might, I don't know. I don't know if maybe it feels depressing. It doesn't feel depressing to me, but like, <laughs> you know, the majority of my captions on Instagram or the way that I share, it's really about how can you utilize your pain and mm -hmm. allow joy to heal you, you know? And that's the piece that people don't talk about enough. This journey is one, like the, the poet Rumi says, you know, where allow your darkness to be your candle. You know, allow that dark place to be the light in your life that guides you forward into something else. You can pass through it. I love mm -hmm. that you spoke to that. Um, and crying. And I think especially, you know, as black women, that is the piece mm -hmm. that I think was always off limits, generationally, right. ancestry. That's the piece always off limits. And so when we start to explore, why is that? Well, why is that when it comes down to the root, like the fundamental original seed, it really goes back to the plantation system of life is profoundly painful physically and in every way, and there is no way to get away from it. And so you don't cry because no one cares and no one will help you and it's not going to change. So that is the first time we taught ourselves to not give ourselves the dignity of our process and to not have emotions. It's not because we don't have them. It's not because we don't wish to express them, but it's because systems in place robbed us of that ability and we adapted. But there is moment and time in this moment in time to be able to, to be radically different. You know, yeah. like part of changing this world, part of being able to destroy these systems also means gifting ourselves with access to emotion in a way we never have before in a way that we weren't taught and so we're figuring it out you know like tears that should be a part of your spiritual routine mm -hmm. there is no shame in it you are releasing your body needs to release let it i cried for four hours uh 
a couple months ago, I had like this, I hadn't cried in a while. I cry a lot of joy tears. Like I probably get teary eyed every, every time I feel like I'm in purpose and on purpose, my eyes missed up, not a full boohoo, but like, I feel it in my heart. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I probably tear up once a day in gratitude. I've been kind of in awe of God. Um, so, so much during this pandemic, But I had a few months ago, um, I had kind of reached my breaking point with the pandemic and I was just tired. I was so tired and so busy and exhausted and so many things were happening. And I remember I was putting my son to bed and I felt it, you know, that feeling where, you know, you just really want to let go. And I Mm -hmm. said, Ooh, she needs to cry. I was like, all right, Dev, let's get the baby down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you back to your room (laughs) and I'm going to give you that opportunity. So I was like, all right, let's just get through it and gift yourself, gift your gift yourself some luxurious tears today. And I went mm. into my room and I started crying and I just sat there. I put on some some frequency music. I just sat there and I cried. And mm. after an hour, I was like, are you done, girl? I was like, no, she ain't done. Okay, let's go. And I just let myself cry until I stopped. But you know what? When I finished, I felt so pure. I felt so relieved. I had a spaciousness in my spirit. I had an expansiveness in my heart. And then I kept going and I had a beautiful night's sleep and I had a great day the next day. But I say that to say, you know, the, these are mechanisms of how we're meant to operate. Just like you have to get food out of your system through your digestive tract. We need to get grief. We need to get fear. We need to get shame out of our system with our tears. Yeah. It's, it's so important. And especially our strong ones, it's like, if the tears can't come out, they'll sneak in even through joy. Like you said, it's like, okay, we're going to have to get out through her joy because she just refused to yeah. <laughs> that four hour crying session that we need. So we'll just come out any kind of type of way. But it is so important. And, and for people who have a hard time crying, um, I encourage them to journal. And when they journal, journal about both sides, the duality. I talk a lot about duality in my training and the fact that for every good thing that you write down, also write down some things that are not so great. So some people, it's on both sides. Some people always talk about the negative and no positive. And some people always talk about the positive and no negative. So both on both sides, I say, okay, if you're always a positive person, talk about some things that not so positive. Talk about some things you would like to see change in your life in the people you interact with and in the world. If you're in person that's always on the news and literally every hour of your day is spent there, talk about some things that are going right in your life, in your circle, and in in the world. So I believe what I believe is that just like night and day, we are we are, we we have this duality that we have to respect. It, it is it is like living in harmony with nature, and we sometimes we choose to be on, on the dark, you know, just you know, living in the dark side, which yeah. is that's a choice. It's just a choice, no right or wrong. That's a choice. And then sometimes we live in the light. And on both sides, I feel like it's important to see and acknowledge the other side no matter you can decide you know some people are night people some people are day people your experience you know wherever you decide to to rest and reside that's going to create your reality Mm. but knowing and being aware of the darkness the shadow the fear like that's important and also being able to notice that joy happiness success that's all 
your birthright too. It's all available. Dark is available it's at all, all times. Available. The light is available at all times. You choose. And sometimes you need to use the dark and the light to move through your experience as a human being. And so I really champion really being connected to both. And we, and that's where it goes back to the breath. The the way I got here is through spirit showing me, not just what people were telling me. And so if I never allowed myself to connect with spirit, I would have went down a path of like, okay, whatever people tell me. But when I'm able to feel, I'm like, like you, why did it feel so good when I cried? Why did it feel so good when I wrote down how I feel? So when you allow duality to happen in your life without judging it, but just seeing it, acknowledging it, you're able to align again, with spirit, with your truth. Mm, I love it. Yes, yes, yes. All of it. (laughs) (laughs) Let me open my menu. What is available today? What do I want to order today? Yes. And just journaling. Like I I highly, highly suggest journaling. It it, it could be if you don't have a journal, it could be in your phone. Voice um, notes even. Writing down your feelings. Yeah. Getting them out, expressing them in some way. And your dark feelings, just as much as your life feelings. So, you know, I do the gratitude list and that's great, but I also do, these are some places I can grow, you know, yeah. and I have a planner <laughs> where I put, these are my growth opportunities, you know, because I don't want to just be like, oh, I'm the best thing since sliced bread, <laughs> you know, you yes. should get on, get loved up tip. Okay. Let me tell you about like the anxiety attack I had two weeks yeah. ago. Let me tell you about the stress that comes with trying to maintain a platform or trying to have a team of over 15 people. Let me tell you about some of that yeah. stress. And I, yeah. unlike you don't post about it enough. I talk about it within my circles or my group, but because the whole social media has been a very interesting uh, journey for me, like I'm learning how to express it, but I think I still have layers of fear of experiencing attack through social media and as a sensitive Mm. soul that I'm still dealing with layers of pain when it comes to social media. So I don't feel safe fully expressing the things that I can express, just talking to someone on a podcast or just talking like in my, at my yoga retreats or my yoga teacher trainings, but I I'm doing it more now than I did before. But you know, this sacred space that I started just to hold myself accountable, then turned into a business, then turned into I'm an influencer, then turned into, I'm yeah. just like, so it, all these things happen and people don't really see because people join at different mm. times and they don't necessarily see the whole journey, but yeah. it's definitely been very deep for me. But I do think being able to show the light and the dark is important. So powerful. Thank you for sharing that. So, so powerful. Koya, I have loved having you on this show. <laughs> This has been, it's up already. I was just going to start it. I know. I'm like, this has been, we got to kick it. We going to meet up at the beach. Yes. Yeah, we have to have way more conversations like this. You are just, um, you're powerful. You're amazing. I'm grateful you exist. And I thank you for sharing all of yourself, all mm. of yourself with everyone and inspiring new methods of healing, new ways of connecting to God. It gives such a beautiful permission to everyone that gazes on you. Thank you so much. Thank you for so much for having me on your podcast. Thank you for dropping them gems so often and just giving all of yourself and creating a safe container for us to, to breathe. Thank mm. you. I received, thank you. Tell everybody your Instagram is Koya Webb. Tell everybody um, how they can find you and connect to this beautiful work. 
Thank you. You can find me at KoyaWeb.com or my company, GetLovedUp.com. And I also have a book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce, How to Turn Common Obstacles into Seeds for Growth. And that's just like a tool that I share to help share some of the tools that have helped me navigate life. Amazing. Koya, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram, or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Tribble and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.